Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm here with Father Boniface Hicks and I am Joseph Rocky. And in our last podcast we were having a conversation about money, um, about how to accurately compensate people when you are working, what amount is right. And we had left off on a final point that was very strong, which was what you were telling me, Father, is that inherently there's not a direct correlation between wages and work. And I was basically looking to see if you could elaborate on that point anymore to kind of set us in in a more faithful foundation of the conversation, which might be different than the go out there and just try to get compensated the most you can in individual discussion and then you know just just go and earn it thereafter so if you can kind of enlighten us from more of the church side rather than the pure capitalistic side which I try to think that I live in Hmm. well and just to make a quick point these are principles that have been taken up by the Catholic Church but they're really rooted in human reason they're not the kinds of things that you need the revelation of Jesus to understand. There are things that philosophers could understand even apart from Christianity. Okay. So, but Christianity has taken up these principles and has ordered them and our popes have taught on them and there's a lot of helpful, we've just done a really good job of bringing these, these uh, insights together. And of course, they're most fully lived out in the light of Christian teaching. I mean, Jesus is the exemplar of all of these things and, and makes it possible for us to live them. Um, but what, another one of the, the principles of human society, really, is the universal destination of goods. It's very helpful to understand. So basically, God's perspective is he owns everything, and he wants to share everything with everyone. Mm-hmm. He wants everybody to have what they need, and what will help them to live a full and meaningful life. So how does God go about giving everything that someone needs to everyone? Well, he could just sort of do that in a direct way, drop things from heaven, little care packages that arrive at your own particular square of humanity, and uh, you have all these things, you open up your package. Uh, But what God has arranged is that he's going to share the resources of the world with everyone, through everyone. He wants everyone to participate in this process of sharing the goods of the world with our brothers and sisters. Now we see this in a very clear way in a family. How do children get anything? They get everything through their parents. Their parents have the goods and their parents share those goods with the children according to their need and according to what will help them flourish in their humanity and grow up and be adults. Okay, so the family is a is a key instrument for the universal destination of goods, for God to share the goods, the resources of the earth with everybody. He does that through parents to children, and through families also horizontally, brothers and sisters. We support each other. We help each other out. There's a sharing that happens there. And then he also has a way of sharing those goods through uh, those who have to those who do not have, Now, one of the interesting rights and needs of man is to work. We actually have a need and a right to work, every every human being. And so 
one of the things that's developed through capitalism is the idea that, oh, we'll, we'll kill two birds with one stone. We'll provide opportunities to work, and then we'll also provide the goods from those who have capital to those who don't. And so we tie these things together in the capitalist system, and there are a lot of ways that that works very well. The problem comes when those who have the capital and therefore can provide both jobs and the money to, uh, to distribute the goods of the earth to someone, mm -hmm. when they become selfish and they want to use a person to get their own more money and they want to give that person as little as they can while using that person as much as possible to gain more money themselves. So the selfishness, the, uh, yeah, the egocentrism, the power trip, the whatever of those who have capital ends up corrupting the capitalist system. If all of the ones who had capital who are in a position to employ, to give work and to give wages would do that in a way that would really be focused on the good of the other, on the good of the human person, then things would work great. Mm -hmm. But they don't because of that sinful selfishness that starts to corrupt that. And so then we have another authority that God has established in terms of uh, a, a government authority which is separate from capital, and its job is to regulate capital to make sure that that kind of corruption doesn't end up destroying people, corrupting the whole system of the distribution of goods, and you know th that the capitalist system actually functions in the, in the best way. And so government authority can step in, in in those ways. And then just the very last point, in terms of the universal destination of goods, that government authority, the authority of the state, also is part of the instrument. Just as parents provide goods to family or to children, the state also can be an instrument by which the goods of the earth are distributed to those who, who have need. And so that's a, a possible distribution mechanism. But backing up, the, 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 it doesn't inherently mean that you're doing anything wrong just because you know, you're the one who's running the company or striving to get to that point or anything like that. That, that doesn't inherently make, make that wrong. I, I, just to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying, it's if you know that you know for the value he's bringing to the table, you're paying him half as much as that. That that seems wrong, but inherently, just for anything to work, you have to, from a mathematical standpoint, be bringing more value to the table than you're being compensated. Because at the end of the day, there's this thing called taxes, and if you don't pay those, you get shut down. So, you know, that's a fact of the system. So I, it, it gets to the point so of what's more important, keeping the doors open for everyone to come to work or, or for a foreseeable future or giving everyone, you know, much more income today but saying, you know, two months, you're going to have to work somewhere else, we're done. So I, I guess that's I love, the question. I love that we're having this conversation because uh, you're, you're asking the right questions and I can see this is this touches your daily life you know and you're about to walk into you're, it in about you're 10 under, minutes <laughs> absolutely so um, you know so I'm so glad that we're having this conversation and the the simple shift and this is something that Pope Francis has really helped with is just bringing out a simple a simple way of expressing this if the focus is on money 
right? If the focus is on the human person, then it's in the right place. And you just came around to that at the end. You said, well, I, don't, I won't have work or wages for these human persons unless I make certain choices. Okay, and then you have your focus on the right thing. If your focus is on the human person, if your focus is on your employees, and in your own case, you know, you're, you're just supporting yourself primarily at the moment, but God willing, you get married, you have a family, your focus is on your children, then the focus should be on the children, and money is in the service of the human person, not the human person in the service of money. And so if it's all about maximizing profits, employing people and giving wages, then we've twisted things around. Now, we may want to maximize profits so that we can employ more people and give more wages. Good. Mm -hmm. But if it's just about making more money for me, then things are starting to get twisted, starting to get corrupted, and the, and the capitalist system ends up collecting a lot of capital among those who have capital and ends up leaving a lot of need or unemployment or a lot of other things among those who don't have capital. So that's the that's the destruction. Now Marx made that same critique and he took it in a very different way that created other problems with communism. So that's not what we're proposing, but the but the proposal is still the focus on the human person first. So I'm not worried about the bottom line first. I'm worried about my employee first. Now one of the things that may serve my employee well is the bottom line. And in that case, again, I want to keep my focus. So yeah, Father, I mean, you're exactly right. This is my everyday life, and and there's a lot of balances that go with it. it it's, it's not even just the employees. It's also um, my end user. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, i got to make a quality product that, that someone's going to be living in. You know, I'm, I'm making houses for people. Sometimes we rent them. Sometimes we sell them just two different choices but you know there's a lot of positive things that come out of it you know the neighborhood's more pretty you know you get someone who's who's um in there now and I was working typically higher people uh, higher expensive houses they maintain their lots better they they make their they make their homes look better make it a more pleasant living environment for everyone but at the same time the starting point was the house costs more money. So, you know, that's that's part of it. And I get that going back to, to one of the underlying things as far as on the consumer side is that for right or wrong, it tends to be a general funnel upwards both in um, self-happiness, I don't know if that's the right word, and where you, you you go with life. I mean, in general, people are happier when they're out working and not trying to to skip the system and, and just get handouts versus, um, you know, they went out and they earned their house and now they bought it. And now that's speaking directly from someone who's both a landlord with many different income brackets and, and sells houses as well, again, to many different income brackets. And that's just my direct experiences here so with that being said typically we take tailor the end product to who the end customer is going to be if we know we're going to have someone who's going to truly appreciate it my crews tend to just and it's 
it's not anything I say. It, it, it's something that's almost subconscious that, you know, when they're working on a house that they know is going to be worth more money, they tend to be more just physically excited and happier compared to otherwise. And that just could be because the neighborhood they had to drive through to get to the, to the house, or it could be the end product. And that's a real thing. And I don't know how, A, if that's even a problem, but definitely it's a, it's a human element. I've seen it for long enough to know that I'm not making it up. And what, if anything, can be done about it or should be done about it? And those might be two very different answers. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at as exactly this is, this is my life, <laughs> or at least financially. No, and I love that we're having this discussion because I think that these are really valuable things to reflect on. At the end of the day, you might just feel better about yourself and think, yeah, I'm doing what I should be doing. I can incorporate these different principles. I can see where I might go astray. Maybe I've even been tempted that way. Maybe I've even made some mistakes. But by and large, I'm trying to live according to that higher standard, to that level of ethical commitment, and you feel better about yourself. Maybe it shines some light on your business practice in a way that you think, hmm, maybe I'm a little bit more interested in the bottom line than in the person. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm willing to cover some things up and offer a little bit less product for a little bit more money to see if I can get away with it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you find some ways that you're, you're not being totally honest, maybe not setting out to be dishonest, but just because you do what everybody else does, and everybody else isn't totally honest, and so you just kind of go with the flow. Anyway, it's wonderful to reflect on these things that are dealing with our practical lives, our everyday lives, and, uh, and, and a faith makes a difference there. It makes a difference in our daily life. And you just mentioned a bunch of different qualities that I love to hear, you know, the quality of the neighborhood, people feeling better when they're working on a more expensive house, the, uh, the quality of life when we have work, the, you know, anyway, I mean, these, the, the impact that it makes when things are a little bit more beautiful, when a neighborhood's transformed, people feel good to live there. And those are all a lot of consequences of, again, the principles of Christian faith. I mean, we discover all of that in our faith, that work is part of our dignity, that uh, beauty matters. It's one of the things that, you know, communism did take up some principles and did have some accurate critiques, but then they did things like, okay, everybody's going to have a house because everybody has a right to have a house. And they built these ugly apartment buildings that just look like cinder block, you know, transplants from hell or something. Oh, they're just terrible. But the, the loss of beauty, for example, is, uh, is just such a tragedy. And that's part of, partly because communism also departed from God and went to a perspective of atheism, and then you lose things like beauty and truth and goodness. Those transcendentals, which are rooted in God, get thrown out, the baby thrown out with the bathwater, as it were. So anyway, I mean, the kinds of principles that you're seeing and, and the benefits that you see of raising the price on a house or doing more quality work or hiring more quality people or selling to a little bit more uh, well-off clientele and, uh, yeah, beauty and quality of work, the challenge, all of those things make a big difference individually and then also for society. Yeah, so I, I think going off of what you said before, if anything, um, 
it, it's not that we are cutting corners or anything. It's it's actually that we're adding um, too much into them. You know, we're 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 we're, we're, we're making them <laughs> over the top, and when you do that, obviously you're you're um, you're, you're decreasing the bottom line, and then on the back end that causes problems in my other personal side of the world. But um, so I, I guess that's part of where, where this is all is coming from because I know that you know there are areas that is sectionally are you know the government paying for the housing and, and they're paying the rent and those tenants essentially destroy a house at a much more significant rate than someone who's paying the entire rent themselves with somewhere in the middle being the rent is being paid by the parents now, typically those are college kids and get a lot of frat parties but that's a side story but you can see upon that spectrum that the ones that are paying for themselves are taking care of it also typically they're paying you more than what the government would pay and it's in a better area all that stuff adds up and I think that we see that regardless of where you're at in this country that there's a reason there's rundown neighborhoods and there's a reason that there isn't and from my standpoint, everyone's happier, the bottom line's happier, the crew's happier if we stay in the uppers, but we're never really actually working in the, the area that's the government subsidized world and because there's no value in it. I mean, economically there there's little value. Emotionally you, you get just run down. I mean I've had people just freaking out at me because I was redoing a siding of a house in one of these places so it's it almost gives you the feeling of why bother and I know many podcasts ago I don't remember exactly which one it was you were telling the story of, of Mother Teresa saying to some of her uh, sisters who were dealing with a very um, this actually might not have been a podcast this might have been something heard on the radio um, from a homily but either way it was Mother Teresa telling her sisters, you gotta take care of everyone, we're here to take care of the poor. And there was this very frustrating person who was doing pretty much everything wrong you can do to someone who's trying to help you. Um, and Mother Teresa essentially told them, that's Jesus in one of his more difficult moments. I'm paraphrasing now, suck it up and deal with it. Um, and take care of him just the same as you do with everyone else. And, you know, in a perfect utopia where, where you could, I mean, I'd go down and I'd rebuild all of the slums. But at the end of the day, I'm now not going to be able to pay my crew. No one's going to come to work for me. And the entire thing goes defunct. So that's kind of the, the, the cross-section I'm at with... The, the totality of everything because it ultimately starts with me choosing where do we want to work where do we want to target in the first place and you know should I just do it because those people are people too so is my crew so is the end user so where is the appropriate balance in, in all and again Joe I love the way that you are really applying these kinds of principles that we're discussing, principles that are really derived from human reason and reinforced by Jesus and then taught again by the church in her social doctrine. I love how you're applying them 
to your own situation. And you're, you're edifying me. I could uh, imagine some of these things, but you live in this world. I don't live in this world. And one of the things that I love about talking with you and having this dialogue is that it's helping you to be a Christian in the midst of this area of the world, in the housing world, mm -hmm. as, for example, in the construction, you know, housing, construction, fixing up, selling, tenants, landlord, all of these kinds of things that I have no influence in, <laughs> not involved at all. And uh, I don't even own a house. I don't own anything. Um, so I love the fact that you're applying these things and you're asking these questions and I can I can hear, you know, maybe even a little bit of agitation and that's a good sign. Like, oh, wh what am I supposed to do? Love that. And now again, I'm going to tell you, we're discussing some principles and trying to fit some things together, but I'm going to tell you to pray. Pray about these things. Again, we form our consciences by the information that we learn, by the principles that, that are taught, that we receive from our ancestors, and we receive in a special way through the church. And then there's going to be a particular way that God speaks to me in this particular situation. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to ask and, and then respond to that question. For example, I mean, everything you said is perfectly fine. You're in a certain section of the housing market. You understand the frustrations, the headaches of uh, government-subsidized housing or of college student housing or whatever. And uh, so you made a decision not to work in that area. Now, maybe our conversation and maybe something else down the line would invite you to consider that again and say, well, now, why did I make that decision? Did I make it just out of my own convenience? Did I make it just for my own financial gain? Did I make it because I'm not good with those people and somebody else can do that better than I can? Did I make it because uh, I just didn't have the patience to deal with it then? Has something changed? Can I do something now? Is there another way that I can maybe do some charity in that area? Maybe that's not my main focus, but I am in the housing business. I do know contractors. Um, is there some other way to approach that? Uh, is there some other way to be concerned about the human persons who live in those situations? Sure, they have a way of trashing houses, but would they trash houses in the same way if somebody actually took some interest in them and loved them and helped them and made an investment? Is there a way that I could develop a trust with those people? So those are just a lot of mm -hmm. reflections that, again, as we as we grow closer to the Lord, and as we also spend time talking with crazy bearded people and uh, you know doing other things in our lives, that those kinds of questions come into our hearts and we can reconsider. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt that you've done the right thing, exactly what you're supposed to do, all the way up till now, but maybe that changes six months from now or a year from now. And maybe it's precisely your care for the human person in those situations that moves you to say, isn't there a way we can solve this problem? Because, again, at the end of the day, it's not about houses. It's about people. In heaven, there are no houses, but there are people. And so the more that we focus on the human person, and housing is an important part of caring for the human person, mm -hmm. but it's not everything. People need more than houses. That doesn't mean that you have to be the one to give them everything they need. But somebody does. Somebody needs to have a relationship. Somebody needs to support them. Somebody needs to um, be in that in that realm. And sometimes the person that can provide the house can develop a trust 
and you know that's where some of the lives of the saints come in. We see people like Mother Teresa who who did wonderful things with the resources they had, the, their own particular realm that they could work in. Yeah, I, I think my general starting point, and hopefully it's reflected in in my tenants seeing it, is that I, I try to make it so that they don't feel like they're in a prison with a warden looking over their shoulder every 10 minutes about what you're doing. And one of the things that even in my advertisements I tell people is that you know, you're going to basically get freedom. My entire mindset with these are you have your set of obligations, which is primarily pay me and take care of the house, and I'm not going to bother you. You know that that that's that's a simple arrangement. You know, you go to a hotel, you pay for the night. They're not there bothering you every three seconds, making sure that your radio is not too loud or whatever. And you know, I I know that there's a lot of people out there that do not share that mindset for better or worse. Um, I'm not saying that mine's right, but that's one of the things that that I tell people. You know, is like. I believe in you and your ability to figure things out yourself. So I'm not going to be here, you know, micromanaging you over your shoulder. Um, same with my crews, quite frankly. Um, you know, they know what they're doing. They know what they're supposed to do. And, you know, for the most part, we have a pretty good uh, stream of things there. So it's just the, the, the thing that I see being the biggest problem, and this is strictly from my eyes, um, is goes back to what you said in the beginning is that you know we're supposed to work and it's the people who have figured out how to get paid without doing any work um, through whatever government program you want to call it tends to be the ones that give us the greatest problem for everything and it just tends to be they have a much more negative outlook and sometimes hostile um, the disposition towards towards us and life in general and I know that that's not something that I can fix overnight um, not even something I can really do about at all but it, it, it kind of correlates back to the whole question and it's just a general observation you know I don't know if they're taking out their frustrations and anger on the house because that's where they're at all the time or, or what but you know I don't have copper lines getting ruined from tenants that are in good areas. I don't have, you know, people just putting holes in the wall, you know? It, it just, what I tend to find. And same with, you know, I, I got many tangible data points, you know, the whenever I do my background checks, in general, there's a lot less um, items of significance whenever we're talking about people who have been working or have jobs now it just tends to be a thing and obviously I can't employ everyone under the sun um, but I can I, I try to take care of the people I have and that's why you know it's the whole point of keeping the business float type deal um, so I guess that's my question you know how overall can we do something about it because it seems that most of the problems that we have that's an element of it, and that's just generally a question. I know that that that, that kind of went in a, a circle there, but you know we have about two minutes. No, left I think it's a, I think it's a great question, and uh, uh, let me take up an example from a different realm, and hopefully the application will be obvious. Mm -hmm. um, Saint John Bosco in the 19th century, mid 19th century in uh, Turin in Italy, 
had, um, you know, was able to do some things in education. Now, the easiest kids to educate are the ones who have money and who come from decent families because they actually pay attention, their passions aren't running wild, they're able to, uh, you know, have a future, they have dreams, they have hopes. The kids that are hard to teach are the street urchins who maybe have parents that aren't paying attention, who maybe don't have parents and they don't have any other place to go. And so they tend to steal what they need and they create little uh, gangs of kids so that they can have some support. So St. John Bosco uh, recognized, well, why are they behaving that way? Maybe they need somebody to pay attention to them. And so he went out among the street urchins and he entertained them first of all. He was a great entertainer and juggled and made jokes and did fun things. He got their attention. And then he started to pay attention to them and see what they needed and how he could help them. And, uh, and eventually he gathered them together and he started to form them and he educated them and he found that by loving them and caring for them and providing for their needs, they actually became great people. And so that's the kind of creative challenge that can come to us when we see problems, like the kinds of problems that you see on a daily basis. So basically, if I'm understanding you right, that's the core of the parents and the best way we can do this is to remote healthier families is that the answer well families are great yes that's that's a very fair point of him not doing it for his own kids but I was thinking more upon a global scale if if we become better parents and give out the love then they don't get to the point of of feeling the, the necessity need because they're already getting it. Um, I understand that the, the extra effort from, from, from the saint there going out and providing it, but just wanted to try to clarify what I was trying to say there. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the challenge would be, and again, I'm not putting any moral obligation on you, and I'm not saying you ought to do these things. I'm just imagining for someone in, in your situation is to ask that question. If I paid more attention to those tenants who were more problematic, if I got involved in their lives some way, not in an intrusive way and not beyond what they want, mm-hmm. is there some way that I could actually help them be better citizens, be better, more responsible? Is there a lack of love there that I could actually help with that would help them not be as problematic? And those are the kinds of challenges that, again, if we focus on the human person, if it's really about the human person, not just about making money, not just about keeping the business going, not just about those kinds of things, focusing on the person of our employees, focusing on the person of our clients, what kinds of things can emerge, what creative solutions can emerge when we focus on the human person. That's that's a very good message to leave on there and something that that we all can think of and apply it in, in our own daily lives. I know that not all of us run real estate businesses out there, but hopefully this uh, this this message can can correlate and was well worth our time here for the last half hour or so. So I thank you again, Father, for for giving us such great guidance here today, and I thank everyone out there for listening to us. Again, please you know let your friends know we do grow by word of mouth and click subscribe on iTunes there. We look forward to speaking with you and and uh, giving you another podcast here next week. Thank you very much, Father. Thank you.